Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we review Joe's trip to Disneyland Paris, talk about what he learned, and some tips if you're thinking about venturing over to France to visit the Disney parks there. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you're enjoying the show or we've helped you to plan your trip, consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. The link is also in the show notes. Contact us anytime with questions or comments at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. I recently got back from a trip to France for the Women's World Cup, and my daughter and I got the chance to spend a couple days in Disneyland Paris. So Leslie and I thought it'd be good to just talk about the experience a little bit for any of you who might be considering going to Disneyland Paris. And, you know, it's always fun to compare the different parks, both in this country and around the world, um, you know, just to see how Disney World, Disneyland's look elsewhere. So Leslie, we're going to switch seats. You're going to be talking to me about this. You ready for this? Of course. And I'm, as usual, incredibly jealous that you got to go to another international Disney park before I have, but I will get there eventually. My daughter last night, actually, as I was tucking her into bed, was um, talking about how she really wanted to see Disneyland Paris. So maybe got to plan a trip pretty soon. Yeah. We do record live updates from our Disney trips for our Patreon subscribers. So if you're interested in that, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. So Leslie, fire away. Ask me anything. All right. Well, I just need to get a sense of geography. Um, How do you get to Disneyland Paris? Like how far is it from Paris itself? Give me the logistics because you know I like the logistics. Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're starting from kind of downtown Paris or like where you would probably stay if you're visiting Paris itself as a tourist destination, it is about a 40-minute train ride or drive. Um, I actually ended up driving out there from um, Paris because I needed the car to go to the Women's World Cup game that we were going to. It's definitely doable as a day trip. So you can take the RER train, which is just one of the train companies that run stuff in Paris. Uh, You can do it as a day trip. It doesn't open until 10 a.m. So, you know, you don't even have to wake up super early to rope drop if you're doing it as a day trip. Closes incredibly late at 11 p.m., but there's still trains running back. And the train station is actually like directly connected to their downtown Disney equivalent, which is, I think, also called downtown Disney. So you can be there in 40 minutes from downtown Paris, um, do a day there and go back and be back in your hotel by midnight if uh, that's how you want to do it. So, you know, it's not too far away. We ended up staying on site at Disney's Newport Bay Club, which is pretty much the yacht club equivalent. Uh, It is the furthest walkable hotel, I think, from the parks, but it was only like a, well, I'm going to Leslie this. It was only a 14.2 minute walk to the parks from there. Touche. Touche. <laughs> Military precision. Um, well, that doesn't sound too bad. So I, I don't know very much, honestly, about Disneyland Paris. It's one of the, the parks that I probably have researched the least. I do know there are two theme parks there. So why don't you give us an overview of the two parks? And I think you visited both, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, there are two parks. The first one is Park Studios, which is more or less the Hollywood Studios equivalent. They actually still have a water tower there, for example. They also still have the Studio Tram Tour, which 
okay, I'm gonna make a take a little aside here. I was like super excited to go on the Studio Tram tour because I used to love it at Hollywood Studios, and I missed it. Um, but it was incredibly disappointing. Which I would I would say Park Studios it's a work in progress. It's not the existence of Park Studios almost almost makes Disneyland Paris a little bit worse for me because that park is not that well done right now. Finishing up on Studio Tram Tour, there was only like two stops. It was very disappointing. I I feel like the Hollywood Studios one had at least three or four back in the day. But the existence of Park Studios kind of takes away from it a little bit because the other park, which is essentially called the Disneyland Paris Park, it's called something in French, but I kept messing it up. So I'm just going to call it Disneyland Paris itself, is beautiful. It's like one of the most beautiful Disney parks that I've been to around the world. So Park Studios has some good rides, but you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's a shell of a park right now. It's like half a park. They're doing a lot of Marvel uh, renovations. So there's going to be a lot of Marvel stuff in there in the next year or two. It, it basically sounds like Disney California Adventure 1.0, like which was pant when it opened. I mean, this was part of the Disney era of cost cutting, right? When this park was built. So that's a bummer. Would, would you say, half day park is it a full day park for our purposes it was a two hour park uh not even a half day park if you were going to ride everything like for example we didn't ride the tower of terror i actually think my daughter can handle the thrill of tower of terror what i don't think she can handle is all like the dark parts before you get dropping because we did ride the toy story parachute drop which is also in hong kong which i know you've talked about on your website, Leslie. Um, and so we rope dropped that ride. My daughter really loved that. So I was like, if you like this, you'll probably like Tower of Terror as well. But, you know, we just couldn't handle all the dark flashing lights type things. So the Tower of Terror is there. Rock and Roller Coaster is there. Um, there's a Toy Story Land, which is exactly the same as Toy Story Land in Hong Kong, meaning there's no Slinky Dog Dash coaster. There's just like a Slinky ride, which was actually under renovation anyway. There are a bunch of Marvel shows. We stopped to watch a few of those. Those are pretty cute. And then the main thing and relevant to those of you who are interested in Walt Disney World is the Ratatouille ride, which I thought was a lot of fun. You're kind of riding on these trackless buggies um, and you are mouse sized or rat sized and kind of going through a kitchen as chefs are trying to kill you while you are still getting ingredients to uh, make a meal. For some reason, that was too intense for my daughter. I guess too many rolling pins being smashed down on us on the Ratatouille ride, but it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it coming to Epcot soon. Yeah. So trackless vehicles, so similar to like Mystic Manor at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, um, just think your normal vehicle, except for instead of having wheels or being on a track on the bottom, it kind of looks like a bumper car with no wheels and you don't, you kind of don't understand how it's moving, um, but it just moves along these magnetic tracks, I think is the technology. That sounds really cool. I'm I'm super excited for that coming to Epcot in uh, the future. So bummer that your daughter didn't enjoy the intensity, but um, hopefully in a couple of years, by the time we get it at Epcot, she'll be uh, ready for it. Yeah, she'll be fine. Oh, the other thing I'll say about um, Park Studios that we did like is we were walking through their kind of food court cafeteria type area, which is just a old studio, like a sound studio converted into like a bunch of quick service restaurants together, which one of them is called the Brown Derby, which was kind of weird to me since the Brown Derby is like a very nice table service restaurant at Hollywood Studios. Anyway, uh, there was a big band, a big jazz band playing while we were walking through and that was a lot of fun. So, you know, there was some live entertainment, um, but it's just really not up to the snuff or caliber of any of the other Disney parks at the moment. We'll see when all the Marvel stuff gets done. Although I don't know about you, Leslie, but Marvel stuff in Disney parks still feels a little bit weird to me. 
Yeah, much like Star Wars feels a little bit weird to me too. No, I'm with you. I mean, I guess Marvel's pretty big um, already in terms of just the character meet and greets at uh, California Adventure at Disneyland, and of course the the, the superhero theme land is is going there and the not too distant future. But of course, there's a huge following for it. But it it doesn't feel Disney. You're right in terms of the IP, I guess. But um, that ship has sailed. Indeed, I'm always just like, you're not Chris Pratt, dude. This is weird. <laughs> True. Well, um, you've given us the highlights, I guess, or, or, or maybe more accurately, the lowlights of Park Studios. How about uh, Disneyland Park itself? What were some of the, the highlights that you guys did there? Since it sounds like that's where you spend most of your time. So, I mean, the first thing I'll say is that it's like a beautiful park and Tom Bricker on Disney Tourist Blog puts it the best. It's like the type of park that you want to kind of experience slowly because there's just like a lot of tiny little details that you can really enjoy, especially if you're like a Disney fan. There's just like a lot of little touches. It's weird. Like, I think I was thinking that from what I had heard um, and I didn't really I tried not to read a lot about Disneyland Paris before I went because I like to go into new parks kind of fresh. Um, so I kind of thought everything was going to be like what Park Studios ended up being, like kind of just half done, construction walls everywhere and stuff like that. And although there was a construction wall around Dumbo, which is in the middle of Fantasyland at Disneyland Park, aside from that, like everything was, you know, pretty close to immaculate. It was like very beautiful. The little touches were so nice. And it's a park that really encourages exploring. So in Adventureland, for example, there's just like a lot of places to explore. Adventureland in Disney World or Disneyland would just have like, say, the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. My daughter and I did this at Disneyland Paris. But then when we got to the bottom, I was like, hey, what's this cave here? And there's a cave that you can explore. Of course, we could only go in the first 10 feet and then we had to turn around. But then I realized that there was all these walkways and places to explore. There's a pirate ship all over Adventureland. Um, and so that is just kind of a microcosm of how I felt about Disneyland Park itself. Like it just really rewards exploring, looking around. There's a lot of back pass and alternate pass. In fact, some of them are only open at certain times. Like there's a back way to cut between the Tomorrowland equivalent and Fantasyland that isn't always open. It's only open. Like I think it closes for the hour before and after the parade. It's tough. Like I thought that the details in Tokyo Disney Sea were really amazingly done. Well, Disneyland Park in Paris uh, can definitely give Tokyo Disney Sea a run for its money. And unfortunately, obviously I didn't get to Tokyo Disneyland in, uh, but you know, I hear that that's pretty great too. So it's just great to see a park that's not – it wasn't all about the rides for me, which is um, – you, know, you know me. That's a pretty high praise that I wasn't only focused on the rides. Yeah, very high praise. And it's probably nice to get a break from our usual force march of happiness <laughs> to be able to explore because, I mean, that the details that Disney does when, when they do that, do it right – Truly fantastic. So sometimes it's nice to just stop and take those in. Any uh, touring strategies that you guys used? How were, how are the lines and the crowds? You know, like FastPass, does it exist there? Yeah, so it's the old FastPass system, which means you scan your ticket and then you get a return time. And then from that point on, you can't get another FastPass for like another two hours. So we utilize that quite a bit. We actually ended up riding Peter Pan like five or six times, I guess, I don't know. Last time we were in Disney World, my daughter like was like over Peter Pan, but for some reason it was her favorite ride on this trip. That and Buzz Lightyear. 
Peter Pan is essentially the same as the Walt Disney World one. Buzz Lightyear is a little bit different, um, but still, you know, same concept, same idea. So we rode those a lot. You know, we didn't really wait in lines for longer than 20 minutes. It definitely felt like a low time. I know the crowd calendar said it wasn't going to be super busy. Um, so that wasn't too bad. For touring plans, the best reason to stay on site at a Disneyland Paris hotel is because they have extra magic hours, uh, or they call it extra magic time, I think, every morning at 8.30. And like I said, the park opens at 10. The difference here is that if you think about Disney World, extra magic hours, the park rotates, right? So yeah, maybe the Magic Kingdom opens at 8 o'clock on one day, but then the next day it's Epcot, the next day it's Hollywood Studios, et cetera, et cetera. For Disneyland Paris, both parks every single day is extra magic time at 8.30 a.m., which means if you think about it, if you're a regular guest, you're going to be at a disadvantage coming in at 10 o'clock because there are going to be all these people in the parks already. For example, by 9.15, the Peter Pan queue was already 30 minutes, um, and this is before they had opened you know, the Fast Pass kiosks and stuff like that. So in terms of touring, you know, the parks aren't super crowded and we weren't like riding the super thrill rides. Use the same general strategies, rope drop, fast pass all the rides that are going to have long lines. Definitely fast pass Peter Pan if you're going to have to, but uh, we didn't have to worry. You know, we're still not at the stage where we're on a lot of thrill attractions, so we didn't worry too much. Yeah, that's really huge that the extra magic time is that long and at both parks. I mean, at Disneyland, we don't have that. We have we alternate parks and it's only an hour. So I'm kind of jealous of Paris. If your kids want to ride that Toy Story parachute ride, like, um, and like I said, Leslie, you wrote about this. I think I wrote about this too. You have to rope drop and really extra magic time drop that ride because it loads 36 people every five minutes. It is probably one of, if not the slowest Disney loading attraction in the world. Um, And so definitely you got to do that. Great tip. Well, you were in France. So the question, of course, everyone has is the food. Is it any good? (laughs) It should be good, but I get the impression it's not good. (laughs) The food in France is good. Like French food is great. Um, And in fact, if you're in Paris, you know, the best thing you can do is to go to any bakery and just, you know, have a ham sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich, and it will be amazing. The food in Disneyland Paris, not good. You know, we did mostly quick service. We weren't there for that long. So I really want to try out Remy's, um, which is obviously, again, part of the or in the same building as the Ratatouille attraction. In fact, when you walk out, you uh, walk past the dining room. We were there in the morning, so no one was in there. But I hear I hear good reviews about Remy's. But other than that, the quick service food, there's really not much to be said about the quality of the food. Some tips, I think you need to be like kind of very careful, especially if, if you have picky kids about um, making sure you know what's going to exactly come in your food. Obviously, if you get chicken fingers or something like that, they'll still be chicken fingers. But like say if you get a burger like I got a burger and there ended up being like mayo on it, um, which I wasn't prepared for, you know, so be careful when you're ordering, make sure you're clear about what you want to eat. Some of the quick service restaurants are very well designed and very beautiful. I went to one called the Lucky Nuggets Saloon, and it's just a really amazing space. You know, it feels like it should be a table service space, but they've made it into a quick service space space kind of like be our guest where they bring the food to you so the details are there in the quick service restaurants it's just the quality of the food isn't you should know in france they put mayonnaise on everything joe beginner mistake i know i i like i and i thought about it too and i was like no this is like i was a kid's burger order, but anyway. <laughs> kids in france like mayonnaise 
All right. Well, the the last thing I want to ask you about um, are the hotels. Uh, so you stayed in one. Um, how many are there? What give us the the lowdown on on the hotel scene at Disneyland Paris? There's a bunch. So I stayed in Newport Bay Club. There's the Disneyland Hotel, which is what you you have to walk under the Disneyland Hotel to get into the Disneyland Paris Park. And so obviously that one is super expensive. Although looking at Disneyland hotel prices, Disneyland and um, Anaheim hotel prices, I guess it's not that expensive compared to them, but it's like running at like $400, $500 a night, probably closer to $500. There's like a few value hotels. Um, there's like the Davy Crockett Ranch. And then there's like medium ones, like the Sequoia Lodge, which is essentially is like the Wilderness Lodge. And they have a hotel. It used to be called Hotel New York, but I think they're going to call it the, they might still call it Hotel New York, but it's under renovation. It's going to be a Marvel hotel. So that's going to be pretty big. You know, the hotel wasn't anything to write home about. I mean, it was, it was nice, but it's like a Disney hotel. You're paying more than what the quality of uh, the hotel is. Oh, and the, but the one thing I will say is I, we really loved the pool at the Newport Bay Club. It was very big. Um, there was indoor and outdoor sections and there was like a lot of space and it wasn't uh, super crowded. So yeah. So the hotels are nice, uh, but really I think the extra magic time was like a great benefit. They also have stuff like shuttles to and from the airport and stuff like that, but I didn't want to go to the airport like 10 hours early. So I didn't use that. And about how much was the Newport Bay Club? What's sort of the, the lowest you can get a hotel at Disneyland Paris? So I think the lowest you can get is under 200 for the Newport Bay Club. Since I booked it quite a bit in advance and I lucked out, it ended up only being like 230 a night. So I was pretty happy with that, to be honest. You know, you could pay 230 a night at um, Port Orleans Riverside in Walt Disney World, but you can't walk to the parks from there. Yeah, that actually sounds like a pretty good setup and a pretty good pricing structure. So maybe time for me to look at tickets to Paris. Indeed. Two things I'll note. Number one, you can find the Disneyland Paris hotels on Expedia, and generally they're going to be cheaper. And the reason why they'll be cheaper is because if you go to the Disneyland Paris website, they always bundle in tickets, and they might try to bundle in more days of tickets than you actually want. Make sure you look into that. If you do end up going through the Disneyland Paris website, the other confusing thing is the prices fluctuate depending on which country you're buying it from, but you or me, anyone can check any country. So I actually bought one night at the Dis- at the Newport Bay Club on the Disneyland Paris's French website. So all my emails came in French, but I just threw it in Google Translate, which came with two days of tickets. And then I got two nights on Expedia. So I combined it that way. But definitely, if you're trying to get a package through the Disneyland Paris website, check out the UK site, check out the French site, and check out the American site at the very least. Um, compare those three prices because when I went through the French site, they gave me a hundred euro gift card, um, which was better than the UK or um, the US. Awesome tip. Well, uh, before we head out, why don't you give us one one more Disney do or do? Actually, before we do Disney do or don'ts, I want to tell you about a couple of special things in the park. Number one, the castle is Sleeping Beauty's castle, and there is a literal dragon underneath the castle probably one of the coolest things i've ever seen you know the the dragon's just sleeping under there but you're always kind of nervous that it's about to wake up freaked my daughter out to no end and i kept every time we passed passed by the entrance i kept pretending i was walking in there to freak her out she did go see the dragon once but that's something that is worth checking out and another thing that i would say is kind of note this even though there are designated smoking areas uh there are people walking around just smoking because it's europe so uh, you have to kind of uh be wary of that and the last thing i want to say leslie is that i did get my daughter to go on big thunder mountain and it is 
the most fun Big Thunder Mountain in the world. I I hear as much about that attraction. So, uh, do you do you want to spoil like w- w- what makes it special? All right, I don't want I I'm not going to spoil it, but I will just say that I was queuing up or we grabbed a fast pass for Big Thunder, and I was like, why is why am I grabbing a fast pass here? And why does it look like the ride is over on that island in the middle of that lake? Um, and so I was like, where does the queue go? And I'll, part of me was like, oh, there must be like a, maybe this is a bridge over there for the queue. Or like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Anyway, that's all I'll say. Okay, super cool. It is it is super cool. All right, so let me give you that Disney do or don't. I'll give two. I did the same with um, Tokyo Disney Sea, But if you're going to be in Paris, I would say Disney don't only go to Disneyland Paris. Paris is a wonderful city. There's a lot of stuff to do. My daughter and I had a great time there. We spent a few nights there before we moved over to Disneyland Paris. So make sure you check out the city as well. And like I said, the food is much better over there. For Disney Do, I know you're not super into this, Leslie, but as long as it's still around, you need to go check out the the Mickey and the Magician show at Disneyland Paris. Uh, this is, you know, I was thinking about bringing it up when you're talking about touring strategies. The unlike anywhere in the United States, this show, quote unquote, sold out like maybe 25 minutes before the showing even started. Like if you weren't in line before then, um, the show was too full. The essential gist of the story, you know, half of it's in French, half of it's in English. But Mickey is trying to be a magician and he needs to take on inspiration from various Disney characters from Disney movies who visit him along the way. It is one of the best shows I've ever seen. It gave Mickey and the Wondrous Book at Hong Kong Disneyland a run for its money. Um, I'm not sure which of those I like better. Even if you don't like shows, uh, if you enjoy Disney, if you enjoy Disney films, it's really worth checking out. I hear it might be ending at the end of this year. I hope that's not true because I thought it's one of the best things we did at Disneyland Paris. Sounds intriguing. I wonder how it compares. So we have Mickey and the Magical Map at Disneyland. So I'm curious as to like somebody needs to compare all of these Mickey shows and uh, and see what see what the differences are. And, and uh, sounds like you, you found the winner, though. I don't know. Now, now that I know about that, that's just uh, reason 732 I need to come out to Disneyland. Yep. We're, I'm still trying. I'll get there. I'll get there. All right. So thanks so much. If you've been to Disneyland Paris or if you have questions, if you're playing a Disneyland Paris trip, feel free to reach out to us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on Twitter at WDWDeciphered, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. If you're enjoying the show, if you'd like to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, we'll talk to you all next week. And Leslie, thanks so much. I will see you underneath the castle hanging out with the dragon. Thanks, Joe.